0: Welcome back to another edition of Tate's Take the Podcast. As you know, um, you guys can find this podcast anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, that being uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Red Circle, any and everywhere that you find your favorite podcast. I want to make sure that I stress any and everybody to make sure that you go and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You guys have heard me kind of pound it into your heads multiple times over and over and over. Go and tell a friend. Tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody that you know. Um, And also be sure you can find us on YouTube, obviously, as well. Um, Be sure to subscribe to that in addition to um, anywhere that you find your favorite pod. Now, I know that I kind of teased a little bit uh, earlier in regards to um, we're going to talk a lot, a ton uh, going forward over the course of the next week or so as we get things ramped up for the NBA Uh, The resumption of that, some um, some concerns that I have about De'Aaron Fox from a medical standpoint, uh, maybe even Marvin Bagley, even in that conversation, Zion Williamson stepping outside of the bubble uh, and so many different other things. So We're definitely going to get into the NBA aspect of the show. But first, I want to bring in from a college basketball standpoint, um, a friend of mine and uh, certainly a really, really good dude, good basketball coach. Good basketball, college basketball player, professional basketball player, uh, but certainly a really, really good guy um, that I've been known for quite some time. I want to get ready to bring him in. That would be none other than Justin Ingram, the assistant coach of the Toledo Rockets. First and foremost, as we get ready to tip things off, I guess, uh, considering that this is a basketball podcast. Justin, how you doing? I'm good, Deshawn. How you doing, man? Man, I'm outstanding, and, and, and thanks for asking. I want to let everybody know that if you have any, you know, questions or comments or opinions, feel free to leave that below. As you know that we are streaming uh, amongst all places, so we appreciate Justin for stepping into uh, joining us here in the locker room. Um, let me get this out of the way because I kind of want to go into some, especially for the people that are from Michigan and from Lansing, from the, the Toledo and the Ohio area, amongst other places, Um a couple of different things out there at you um before i get into that how how's the fam dude like we know about your dad um and mike ingram who's been a long time coach over at lcc a hall of fame coach i forgot to mention that you're a hall of famer as well we're going to get into some of that uh justin jackson the wife the whole nine how's everybody doing
1: well first off to you know, i just appreciate you for having me on man you know asking me you know, i appreciate it. i'm uh Glad to be here. You know, I'm excited to talk, you know, with you about, uh, you know, everything that we got going on, but the family's great, man. You know, uh, my wife is doing great. Uh, the boys are, you know, growing up fast, man. Again, they're big and bad. You know, uh, my oldest is actually in Lansing right now with, uh, with his grandparents and my youngest is, uh, I can hear him upstairs throwing every pillow off my couch and whatnot, but, uh, you know, fam is doing great, man. Uh, you know, this, uh, everything that's going on you know with the coronavirus you know it, it wasn't it's, it's not great you know but it did allow me to spend a lot more time with my family uh being because I I wasn't able to get out on the road and go recruiting and uh you know and whatnot I wasn't sitting in the gym all day long so like the past three months I've literally been with my boys and my wife every day man it's been a blessing it's been great you know I've, I've enjoyed it you know I'm, I'm still enjoying it you know. Even I, I want to get back to some sort of normalcy, but just being able to be around my family as much as I've been able to, man, it's been great. And I've loved it.
0: Um, you mentioned how your oldest, uh, I'm sorry, your youngest is there with you now, as far as your youngest and maybe even your oldest, do you, cause I, I remember how, you know, we grew up in that era mm-hmm. of, you know, you put your, you got your, 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 Nerf basketball hoop, you put it up on the door, you close the door and you get, you. do they got, do they got the Nerf hoops and all that? Do they, do they get years.
1: into it a little bit? They had they had one, but but my oldest broke it, man. He's dunking on it and stuff like that. It, it, it broke in half, and I told him I was supposed to get a new one like two months ago, but he hasn't asked for one. So they just they go outside. They got um my my oldest can shoot on ten foot rim, so he goes outside and he shoots and stuff like that. But he's actually he's actually more into uh he's taught himself how to flip, man. You know, like I'm talking back handsprings, back tucks, like all type of stuff. You know, and we actually just put him in uh. You know gymnastics because uh you know he's he's really good at it man you know we might i tell him like we might have a future you know olympian on our team so you know just trying to uh you know just tap into some things that he's really good at man and uh, who who knows what's gonna happen
0: i would imagine probably somewhere around one of these uh olympics 2030 something or 2040 (laughs) somethings we could potentially be oh excuse me seeing him i hope so uh, man doing, doing some of those things um Justin Ingram here with us, a nine-year pro, internationally um, played at Toledo from 2003 until 2007. Um, First-team All-MAC Conference in 2007, second-team All-MAC team uh, in 2006. MAC Freshman of the Year in 2004, All-MAC Freshman Team in 2004, and Toledo Hall of Famer in 2014. Obviously, a very, um, a, a, a very decorated resume that you have uh and even talking about the hall of fame stuff like how did that whole hall of fame thing come about like when you first heard the news like what was your initial reaction to that and just how proud are you are, are you of that moment because i remember having like the gym class at lcc with your dad you know and uh and, and he obviously always spoke highly of you and, and how proud of you uh that he was even at that time during the collegiate years before i moved away into atlanta um, but just kind of talk about how you received that news and what your initial, you know, your, your instinct was upon receiving. It.
1: Uh well, before I get into that, let me shout out my dad, man, Mike Ingram, because he just got, uh, you know, inducted into the B-CAM Hall of Fame, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, man. So, you know, extremely proud, you know, uh, of him, but, um, you know, it was back in 2014, you know, when I got the call into the, uh, you know, the, the, the Hall of Fame, Toledo Hall of Fame, and it was kind of, uh, I didn't really know what was going on, man. I had I got two phones at the time, you know. I had my international phone over in Europe, but I also had my phone back in the states that I kept on and whatnot. And I usually check my phone probably once or twice a month back in the states, just to see who's been calling me and stuff. And I hadn't I hadn't checked it in like a month, month and a half. And uh, you know, I um, I just happened to get on Twitter, and uh, you know, somebody had uh, had had uh, you know got in my DM and was just like, "Hey, Justin, you know, check your voicemail. Trying to get in touch with you." So I got like 10 missed voice voicemails and stuff like that, you know, so I'm going through them all. It's our um, it's our assistant athletic director from Toledo. And he's like, hey, Justin, give me a call. Next message. Hey, Justin, really important. I love to get into, I love to talk to you. Hey, Justin, give me a call. So finally, I hadn't called him back. So he finally said, like, hey, Justin, listen, man, you, you got inducted into the, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame and whatnot. You know, we're trying to get in touch with you to let you know about the ceremony and congratulations and whatnot and literally I remember where I was standing in my apartment, man. And I was, uh, you know, I was, I was speechless. I was just standing there holding the phone. Like, I, I can't believe this, man. You know, I called my wife at the time. She was my uh, fiance at the time. I called her and I told her, and then I called my dad, you know, and I was just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I was super humbled. Um, unfortunately I wasn't able to make the ceremony because I was in, in France playing at the time, but my parents went down. They, uh, they had a great time and, uh, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm extremely, you know, proud of the things that they instilled in me, and the way that they raised me. Um, and, and you know, not just as a basketball player, but as a, uh, you know, as a young man, those things helped me become uh, the, 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 the basketball player that I was. The way that they raised me as a young man.
0: No, I know that some of our communication sometimes can be kind of hit and miss. I'll text you every now and then. You'll text me back, and. Uh, I'll see you when I'm up in Lansing every good now and then, obviously not too, too often, but not sure if I really got around to it necessarily, Uh, but certainly, uh, I guess, uh, better late than never, but just in case, six years later, congratulations to you on that. Thank you. I appreciate Um, it. Absolutely. Don't mention it. You know, one of the things that you mentioned, and of course, congratulations to your dad as well uh, as a Hall of Famer and and Mike uh, Ingram over at LCC, Lansing Community College in Lansing, Michigan, but even more so, uh, one of the things you mentioned is something about the coronavirus. Um, What kind of intel can you give? Because you obviously played internationally. Um, And and while it wasn't necessarily during a pandemic type situation, you know, what is it, like how, how difficult can you imagine that that is being an international player at the time and you're overseas and you're getting the news about the pandemic and you can't necessarily go home right away or whatever, Um, Or even if you're over here in the States and you can't go overseas to be, you know, with your family in the event that you're from over there. What kind of experience was that like when you were overseas in general? And even comparing that to imagining yourself being overseas when the whole pandemic happened and then you wouldn't be able to come back over here right away at your own convenience.
1: Oh, well, you know, my experience was great, man. I I love Europe, man. Uh, I played I played nine years, like you said in nine different cities man you know so i i got to to travel the world for free you know and play a silly game and make a little bit of money at the same time man, that's not a bad way to you know to make a living uh but i i enjoyed it you know uh, i got to embrace you know uh, a different culture and i think if you can't embrace another culture and you're not all right with at times being by yourself and you know uh being away from others you can't you, you won't be able you won't make it over there you know because they live a different life than we do here in the States. It's a lot more slowed down. We live a fast paced life over here, always on the go. And honestly, man, they're, they're very, uh, family oriented over there. You know, they, they, they spend a ton of time, uh, you know, with their family take two hour, you know, lunch breaks, you know, from school and stuff like that, you know, to have lunch, you know, with their family and everything. And, um, you know, being over there, I'm not going to lie. My, the first few years I was over there, it, it did make me really um, what's the word uh, not miss the United States but it made me uh, like embrace it and embrace the the, the differences you know uh, you know that that we have um I couldn't imagine being over there right now or being over there when the uh, when the pandemic hit because it was hard to get back to the states you know um and I know if it would have happened I would have wanted to leave. As soon as possible. And I know if it would have happened when my kids were there and then my wife was there, she, she would have wanted to leave that 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 first night, you know, she'd be like, I don't care. We got to drive. Or we got to, you know, rent a boat. She was like we get we getting up out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but it, it had to be difficult. And I got friends that are still playing over there and that, uh, you know, uh, were playing during the uh, when the pandemic first happened. And a big thing that they were worried about, and that I would have been worried about, is you're all in you, when you're in Europe, you're always worried about if you're gonna get paid, you know, if you're gonna get paid on time and stuff like that. And with the pandemic happening and being a shortage of money, that's a big thing. Like, this is your livelihood, you know, you're playing. I know we're playing a game, but this is our job and we're playing to make money. And a lot, some of those teams over there, when this happened, they're like, all right, well. We don't got no money. You know what I mean? You, there was still three months of the season left. So you're expecting three checks, you know, and, like, that's I, – I couldn't imagine. I was blessed that every uh, that every place that I played at, I, was, um, I received my money and I received it all on time and whatnot. But I, I I know stories. I know people that went through things where they didn't get the money or they didn't get it, you know, on time. And I couldn't imagine going through that because I know how I, how I am and I know I want my money and I want it when it's due, you know.
0: That's, no, that's for sure, dude. And I can only imagine those, um, I guess, frustrations that people, you know, were were going through, uh, particularly at that time. And I think the last time that I saw you, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say was uh, over in Cartersville, Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you may have been doing some scouting, perhaps. I can't remember exactly, but um, during one of the, uh, the Nike EYBL circuits, I feel like it was um and it was just really good to be able to see you at that time and and in your element and doing your thing obviously both of us being from um not too far from you know each other and being from around the same area in lansing michigan obviously you went to waverly that's where you played your high school basketball at and i went to lansing waverly as well and uh i certainly enjoyed you know my time as a waverly warrior during the very short stint um that i was there um you know, a couple of things I want to get into. You know, you obviously did some, uh, some coaching as well, uh, over at Olivet before you got to, um, before you got to Toledo. Talk to me about what that experience was like for you in comparison to what you're doing now. Maybe how that prepped you uh, for some success and your opportunities that you now have with the Toledo Rockets.
1: Uh, well, it, I think it prepped me a lot. You know, because uh, you know, I, I was very appreciative of Steve Ernst. You know, who was the head coach there at the time. And I know, you know, Steve and, you know, everybody in Lansing knows Steve Ernst and the Ernst family and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I had just got back from, uh, you know, from Europe, you know, and I did a pretty good job of saving my money and I had some money. But at the end of the day, you know, I wasn't making, you know, millions of dollars like there in the NBA. I knew I was going to have to get a job, you know, and I had no problem with that. So I got out. And, you know, I applied for a few jobs and I just had I, I actually was about to have just a regular job. I was going to be working in crawl spaces and stuff like that just until I figured out what I wanted to do, because hey, you got to have income coming in and whatnot. You know, and literally uh, like two weeks before, you know, I was supposed to start this job. You know, Steve called me and was like, hey, Justin, you know, hey, I am about to, uh you know, I think I'm about to take this job at, uh, at Olivet. You want to come out there, you know, and try and try and help me turn this thing around. And, you know, I jumped at it. You know, I, I was a. I was a little um, I didn't I'm not saying I wasn't second guessing it, but I wasn't sure if that's uh, if I wanted to jump into coaching right away. You know, and I I talked to my wife about it. Like, hey, if I do this, you know, coaching is tough. You know, not just on myself, on you. You know, I'm going a lot. You know, you know, I'm recruiting and stuff. And she was like, no, this is what you want to do. I'm I'm, I'm 100 percent on board. And I asked my dad and my dad. My dad was really like, you know, it's hard to get into coaching. At the NCAA level, no matter if it's Division One, Division Two, or Division Three, it's hard to get into it. And it's like you get your foot in the door, you know. The sky is the limit, you know. So I, I went out there. I learned a lot, you know. Under Steve, we helped turn the program around. You know, they had won, you know, three games the year before that. We won, uh, we won nine that first year. You know, probably should have won more than that. We I thought we gave a few games away. And then the following year when I left, you know, they ended up winning the, uh, you know, the uh, the league title out there. You know, off of some kids that we had brought in. You know, the uh, the previous year, but I thought it helped me out a lot because when I left Olivet to be the director of basketball operations here at Toledo, all the things that Steve was allowing me to do and having me, you know, be hands on and doing it and whatnot, probably 75 to 80% of those things were what I did as a director of basketball operations. So it wasn't that big of a learning curve. When I got to Toledo, you know, I had already did a lot of these things and whatnot. So there were some things that I had to figure out, you know, and that I had to learn. But a lot of that I had already learned under at, uh you know, at Olivet. That. So that that year helped me out a lot and that actually propelled me into, you know, being able to 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 be at Toledo. Because who knows if I would have continued to stay at that job I was at, you know doing cross one i might have i might have started liking it and wanted to you know open up my own business doing that or two i might might not want to get into coaching you never know
0: yeah you know and, and you mentioned something about being the director of basketball operations at at toledo and i can only imagine how much that on top of the olivet experience really helped you uh for what you're doing now and i'm extremely extremely proud of of you and obviously being from the same area and just seeing what you're doing and being proactive, being ahead of the curve, and, you know, really putting things together to continue that, that, that family name, that Ingram last name uh, that, you know, your dad has put in place and your sisters help put in place as well. And you contributing uh, to that has obviously been, um, you know, second to none, something that's that that's really putting on for uh, the city in which, where we come from um and, and, and before we get into a little bit more further towards the uh your coaching experience at toledo and you know obviously some of the different ways that you guys found out about uh how you won't be playing and participating in, in or the season being canceled for the remainder of the season and so forth um you played in some very hostile environments on a collegiate level um mm-hmm. talk about that what you know because we only see a lot of times on tv you don't know, have the opportunity to go to some of those traditional or historic arenas um, of, of, of which, you know, you get that raucous crowd and it's right on top of you. And some people only dream of those types of opportunities. Talk about, you know, what that experience was like and some of the places that you played um, that were, you know, some of your maybe most difficult, most challenging, or where you felt the most comfortable playing in any of those environments.
1: I mean, it's fun, you know. I've I've always enjoyed, you know, playing in front of, uh, you know, large crowds. You know, that's what that that's what you play the game for, man. To put on a, you know, put on a show and stuff like that, to be able to, you know, showcase your talent in front of, uh, you know, in front of a, you know, like you said, a hostile crowd. You know, um, I'm trying to think. I think, uh, you know, we played at Duke my sophomore year. That might have been one of the most hostile ones. You know, the Cameron Crazy. It was, it was funny. They, they say a lot of things man they, they talk a lot of stuff you know and, and it's fun you know what was you the craziest my- you've heard what was the craziest that you heard i can't say the craziest i've heard okay. man. it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a little while you know? but it was and it wasn't at it wasn't at duke you know it was at miami of ohio you know in oh, an okay. you know, interconference and stuff like that you know i i i heard some things man you know and they had some some artwork to go with it, you know? And, it, and I thought it was funny. It was like, it was it was wild, but it was funny, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, but it, it, it it's fun, man. You know, and, and I I try and tell our guys, you know, even that now, you know, as, a, you know, the guys that play on the team and whatnot, man, just to go out there, man, and embrace it. At the end of the day, man, it's a silly game that we get to play, man. Go out there and have fun, man. Enjoy yourself. Like, I know we put a lot of pressure on, on guys. I know we put, a, as coaches, we put a lot of pressure on, you know on ourselves but I tell I, I tell our players you know uh, right before right before the, the jump ball tell a couple of us look right at them, I'm like hey man it's just a game man you know just go out there enjoy yourself and have fun you know what I mean like it's just a game now you played at Kansas
0: too rock chalk jayhawk i think in uh in, in Lawrence Kansas but, uh,
1: uh, but Kansas was different though because when i played Kansas we didn't play at we didn't play in Lawrence you know what i mean so uh we played we played them I in mean, Kansas City so, you okay. know, they play, I don't know if they still do it now, but I know back when uh, when I was in school, they played at two different places. The majority of the times they were playing in Lawrence at their main gym. But every once in a while they would play in, uh, you know, in Kansas City as well. So we played them in Kansas City. So it was different because right? okay. I, I, I actually coached there two years ago when we played there or whatever in Lawrence. And I'm not going to hold you up. It was way louder in Lawrence than it was when I played there in Kansas City. So, was
0: it so? So, if, if you can even jog your memory a little bit, taking yourself back to um when you played at Duke and then taking yourself back two years ago to when you coached in a game at in Lawrence, Kansas, which one was more of that kind of like hostile environment? Because I, I think those are probably neck and neck. If anybody had to say one over the other, the consensus would probably say Cameron Indoor Stadium. But for what you can remember, one versus uh, as a player versus being a coach, what was the difference? Was there, or was the experience any different?
1: I don't know. I mean, it, it, it was very much different because as a coach, nobody's yelling at you. Nobody's talking stuff to you. Maybe the head coach, you know, but nobody's yelling at assistant coaches and whatnot. You know what I mean? So, like, it wasn't as hostile, you know, uh, you know for me personally at Kansas because, you know, I wasn't out there. I wasn't the one that was getting out there getting ready to play the game and whatnot. Now at Duke, yeah, it was. You know, the guys were yelling at me, guys were saying stuff to me, asking me, you know, questions and stuff. Like it 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 was just it's kinda hard to to differentiate, you know, which one was more hostile.
0: No, I'm not really sure if this is really a, a question that you can answer. And if it's not, that's perfectly fine. Um especially considering like, you know, rules and regulations and so forth. So I don't want to put you on the spot. And it's okay if you can't, but um, Within the last week or two weeks, um, a guy by the name of McCurr Maker had ended up um, uh, saying that he was going to commit to an HBCU institution. Not necessarily speaking on McCurr himself, because I'm not really sure if that's against violation necessarily. um, But if you don't mind talking about the kind of move that that makes, how that affects college basketball, as you are a college basketball coach, um, how special that is or could be for an HBCU institution or just for the conference in general, what 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 exactly do you think that that does, especially for the black community, particularly during this time?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's great, you know, um, you know, for HBCUs, you know, that uh they were able to get, you know, uh, you know, such a uh, you know high high profi- high profile, you know, uh you know, player. Um I don't know how much of an impact is making Uh, right now we'll see in five or six years you know I mean in five or six years it could be a major impact you know uh, if more players uh, you know do decide you know to uh, to 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 go to HBCUs but I don't think it's just necessarily HBCUs I think it's, you know go where you want to go you know what I mean don't go where you know society tells you they think that you should go. You know what I mean? Go where you think you're going to have the best fit. Go th- go where you think you can make the best impact, not just whether it is basketball wise, whether it's socially, whether it's uh, you know, academically. Go where, go where you think is uh in the is the best fit, you know, for yourself. As far as what's going on, you know, in the country, I think uh without speaking so so much on him cuz you know, I I don't think I can. But, uh, you know, if if a young African-American, uh, you know, student athlete, you know, decides that they want to go to a historically you know, black college to to try and, you know, make a point and change some so, some things that are going on in, uh socially in the in the country. Now, if more people decide if, if they think that that's what is going to, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Is going to make that change then I think, then I think, I think that is great. And if more people continue to do that, you know, then it, then it, then it could, you know, it could shift the balance between, you know, uh, you know, some things, but do I, I, do I have the answer? I don't, I don't think anybody does. I think time will tell. And like I said, uh, we'll see in five or six years, if what happened, you know, this year, if, if, if that was able to, to, to make a change, if, that was the spark and other players decide, you know, to, uh, you know, to do that.
0: Justin Ingram with me here on Tate's take in the locker room with Tate's take. Of course, you guys know where basketball lives with me, Deshaun Tate. You guys know that we air typically every Wednesday and Saturday. It can be a little bit more consistent, but, uh, we're definitely working on that. Be sure to subscribe, uh, to the YouTube channel, as well as to anywhere you find your favorite podcast, at Tate's Take Hoops on social media, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. As we got Justin Ingram here with us, a friend of mine and former standout of the Toledo Rockets, current assistant coach of the Toledo Rockets. Um, this year, where we saw Toledo, Justin, 17 and 15 overall, uh, 8 and 10 within the conference itself is, is, is where the team ended up finishing and on a good note, a two, a two game winning streak. So that's always a good thing. Um, You know, Toledo had a, um, a a, a nice hefty size schedule of of their own uh, entering the season. And um, you know, when I'm looking at this particular team and obviously they played um, very well um, and you know, as I'm seeing this, how did the effect of, uh, when you, when the news first came down with the coronavirus and COVID-19, how did you and your team find that out? What was your, you know, initial um, reaction with the team to that? Because this is something that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had the opportunity to, um, to meet uh, and speak with Sister Jean uh, a couple years ago from – uh, Loyola Chicago when they went to the final four and picked her brain on a few different things and then I saw her on ESPN um, when the whole coronavirus and the pandemic first happened and she was just saying cause, like she's 100 years old now at this right. point and she was saying like in 100 years she's never in her life seen anything like this it's just crazy to think that because of how much stuff she's seen right. in 100 years like it's just crazy to even think that um, like how, how did you guys accept that news? How, what, what was the mentality during that time? What kind of talks did you have with your team? Um, you know, what was the initial reaction to the coaching staff and the team for Toledo at that point?
1: Well, it was disheartening, man, you know, because we had worked, you know, so hard, you know, that year and went through so much adversity. You know, we thought we had a little bit of a down year. You know, we only won 17 games this year after winning 25 last year, 23 the year before that back to back mac west titles you know uh we had two guys that we thought were going to start you know um you know for us this year and they both went out before the season started with season ending injuries you know for so for us to battle back you know and uh win 17 games you know and we thought we were playing really well towards the end of the year we had won five out of our last six so we were one of the hottest teams going into the tournament and uh we thought we had a a favorable you know matchup you know with uh, we were playing our crosstown rival you know who we had had two really good games, you know, earlier in the year, which they ultimately won, you know, but we, we thought that we masked up, you know, really well with them. And so we were excited to play that game, but you no, know, we found out literally right after shoot around, you know, we, we were supposed to play that Thursday, March 14th. Uh, we played a seven o'clock game. So we had shoot around at, I think it was 9 a.m. We had shoot around 9 a.m. We went over to the arena, shot around for a half an hour, came back, ate breakfast, you know, Everybody went up to their room around 9.30, 9.45. Shoot, around like 10.30, I think, was when uh, the first, uh, you know, the first league canceled, you know, their tournament, you know, and then the next league canceled. And then out of nowhere, shoot, you've seen on Twitter, you know, Mid-American Conference, you know, canceled. Uh, you know, actually, they moved the game back. So the, there was a game that was supposed to start at 12 o'clock. I'm sorry, that's when, so it was a little late. There was a game that was supposed to start at 12, so at 11 o'clock. They moved that game back and said, we're going to move this game back to one o'clock so we can do some, you know, some testing and whatnot, you know, take some temperatures. So we like, all right. So then around 12 o'clock is when they canceled it, you know, so we brought our team together. And, we you know, basically, they all knew, you know, everybody's got smartphones and social media and stuff, you know. So, you know, we told everybody what happened. And, you know, I felt bad for the entire team. I felt super bad for Luke Kanapke and Willie Jackson, man, our two seniors, you know, because. It's one thing to go out and lose your last game, all right? I laid it out on the line, you know, tonight we just weren't good enough. They didn't even get an opportunity, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to think about this for the rest of their life, like what what, what, what could have, should have, would have, you know, what could have happened if we would have had an opportunity to play that game. So now, you you know, and it's not, not just for them too, but, for, for, but it's personal for, you know, for, for, for me and for us, but all those seniors, man, you know what I mean? Like, you weren't able to play you know, your last game is just, it's just taking It 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 hurts, you know, it's disheartening. And, uh, you know, I feel bad for them.
0: And I know that we got to get ready to wrap it up here pretty soon. I don't want to keep you for too much of your time, but just speaking of, um, of of last year's team, you know, you you guys definitely fought a really hard battle uh, on the road in South Bend against Notre Dame, uh, unfortunately losing by two points, but an overtime game, nonetheless, um, you know, after having two players before the season even starts that ends up going down with season in, in, in injuries. Um, and then, you know, following that game, you go on a five game winning streak. I, I think that, you know, anybody that's been paying attention to college basketball, especially within the, 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 the Mac conference um, would know that, you know, Akron and Ohio were two pretty darn good teams within your conference. And you came away with wins against both of those teams as well, which is, you know, it's definitely saying something. Even wins against teams like you know Ball State, who year before last, you know, had a a, a really good team and and was bringing you know back some really key pieces uh, this year from last year's team. But um, with you know with saying all of that, what is the um, the ideal um, situation or scenario? I guess I should say, probably. Um, you know, what do things look like for the upcoming season? I know you may not have a ton of answers because we don't even know when we're going to get basketball right. back, let alone if we'll even get NBA back. But what is the goal? What is the mindset that the Toledo Rockets or that the Toledo Rockets should um, or likely will have on you know when the season returns? What is that mentality like? What are you guys hanging your hats on? What is the um, you know w- w- what, what what exactly are the things that you guys are priding yourself on as the season gets ready to start. Eventually, when it does, to be sure that when that you know that knock of opportunity on the door does happen, that you guys will be willing to answer. What is, I guess, what 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 is that main thing that you guys really need to lock in and laser in focus on?
1: Well, we're excited, man. You know, the 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 goal year in and year out is MAC championship, man. MAC championship, and, and you know, win the MAC tournament and get to the NCAA tournament. You know, that's always the goal. You know, Coach Kowalczyk, Ty Kowalczyk, I head coach, he's he's one of the the the, the better coaches in the Mid-American Conference, you know, and he's one of the, uh, you know, top offensive coaches in the entire country. You know, so we run, we run great stuff to get our guys great looks and whatnot. You know, I, I, I love working, you know, for him and working, you know, with him. We bring in great players. You know, Marion Jackson is the best point guard in the league. You know, he averaged 19 points a game and six assists last year. You know, there's not another point guard that I wouldn't, you know, uh, take over him. Spencer Littleson is one of the best defenders, if not the best defender, you know, in the league. Uh, you know, we've got, a, you know, one of the better freshmen, you know, was on the all-freshman team last year, Keyshawn Saunders, coming in or coming back next year. And then we had a kid, A.J. Adu, you know, who, uh, you know, sat out last year, was on the all-freshman team. He led the league in blocks two years ago as a freshman. You know, he didn't even start, you know, so – He's coming back, you know. We'll be starting. Uh, we got a great class coming in. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Rollins, you know, out of the uh, Detroit, you know, is, is is a really good, you know, uh, you know, freshman, uh, you know, combo guard. Who we're expecting a lot of things out of. Uh, we've we've got a really really talented team, and I think that you know, whenever the season is 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 allowed to, uh, you know, to start back up, you know, we're going to. Uh, You know, we're we're going to we're going to play really well. You know, we're going to, you know, hopefully win a lot of games. I think the things that we do need to improve on, you know, um, is is our defense. You know, last year we struggled a little bit. Um, You know, the two years before that, we were one of the top defensive teams in our league. We're always one of the top offensive teams in our league because we run such great stuff. And we have very good skilled players that can, uh, you know, make plays for each other. But we we, we took a step back last year and, you know, it could have been because A.J. was out, you know. Uh, it could have been because we had a, a little bit of lack of depth, you know. Uh, but I think this year, you know, we, we cleaned up, you know, uh, a lot of those areas. And I anticipate us, you know, having a a, a really good, uh, you know, year, hopefully, if there is a year, you know. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Our guys actually come back to campus this weekend, you know, so uh, I'm excited about that I'm excited to get to see them not so much you know for the basketball part of it but just to, 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 to see them to hang out with them man stop up in the office you know uh how's your summer going i know we talk to them and stuff like that all the time but you know i want to sit down with you i want to see how you've been man you know you know what's going on in your life you know how's your girlfriend how's your mom how's your dad you know i know i'm your i'm your coach and everything like that but at the same time man it's it's not just a you know basketball 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 man this is it's not just a four-year commitment, man. It's supposed to be a lifetime uh, a lifetime relationship, you know, so I want to know what's going on with you. You need to know what's going on, you know, with me. You know, my kids look up to these, to these guys like big brothers, same way I did when I was a kid growing up at Lansing Community College. I looked up to those guys, and I, I want that same, same type of relationship that, uh, you know, that my dad had and has with his former players.
0: Um, the very last part of – this particular segment of course we've got justin ingram joining us from toledo rockets former standout there as a basketball player phenomenal basketball player there uh as well as assistant coach for toledo rockets currently this last little piece that we do here on our show is called quick release quick release with justin ingram so essentially it's just probably about four or five questions um quick questions i guess quick answers um and if you feel the need to elaborate feel free on that Um, But that's just typically how we kind of conclude each and every guest that we bring here on the show. So you ready for it? Let's go. All right. First question. Kobe or LeBron? Kobe. Kobe or Michael? Michael. Without a doubt. Who wins the NBA championship this year in the event that they didn't start and finish the season?
1: I hope the Lakers. I don't know who it will be, but I hope the Lakers.
0: Who will be the team that comes out of the East? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. Um. The better basketball player, Justin Ingram, or Mike Ingram in their prime?
1: In their prime, man, I'm super competitive, man. Justin Ingram, <laughs> man, he wins. He wins ten times out of ten. <laughs> Um not have another, oh
0: perfect favorite favorite restaurant to go to when you come home Sir pizza
1: Sir without pizza. A, without a doubt I was home last weekend and I, <laughs> and I no I'm sorry I was home on Monday and I okay. ordered a pizza and I ordered one as soon as I got on uh 20, on 127 Pepper, pepperoni feast or not pepperoni just regular pepperoni yeah, yeah, just the diced. I, I don't want the pepperoni feast because then they say they put they put the regular pepperonis on there. I just want the little pepperoni. The
0: little, man. yeah, the little diced up yeah. one. <laughs> but dude, just Ingram joining joy to man here on Taste Tape. Jay Ing, man, I'm super happy for you and everything that you got going on. Super proud of you of all of your endeavors, even your future ones. Uh, really appreciate
1: you for joining the show. Man. Sean, man. I appreciate you having me. Hey, before it, before I, uh, you know, you let me go, man. I just wanted to say. And I'm happy for everything that you're doing, man. I'm proud of you, man. I love to see my, uh, I love to see my friends. I love to see all my guys from Lansing doing well, man. You're doing great, man. I'm super happy. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. All right.
0: Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm gonna have to find my way up to one of those Toledo Rocket practices one of these days, man, so I can get it in a little bit. For
1: sure, man. Hey, I got a spare bedroom upstairs, man. Come through whenever. Hey, man. Thank you
0: so much. I appreciate it. Justin Ingram from the Toledo Rockets thanking him for joining us here on, um, on the show and just kind of picking his brain a little bit about a bunch of different things. So make sure that when you catch this, make sure that you share it. It don't take very long. It don't, it's just very quick. Just go ahead, press the button, share button. If you have a hard time finding this particular podcast, be sure that you can locate it anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, uh, that being iTunes, um, Google podcasts, Spotify, um red circle the whole nine anywhere you find your favorite ones subscribe 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 i always tell you guys make sure that you do that to your friends to your family tell your enemies tell your mama your grandmama your uncle cousin baby sister daddy cu- baby mama whoever that it is make sure that you uh be sure to follow along and if you're having a hard time finding the podcast just go to your podcast uh app on your phone Uh, or your iPad or wherever, you know, wherever that uh, the act you can get access to that little search box with the little magnifying glass hovering over it. Don't try and act like y'all don't know how to work those phones because I know better than that. Just click on it, type in Tate's Take T-A-T-E apostrophe S-T-A-K-E. It'll pull right up and be sure to follow along on social media at Tate's Take Hoops. That's T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E. H-O-O-P-S, hashtag per usual where basketball lives.